0: Riot has given us our very first glimpse at their upcoming fighting game currently known only as Project L, and we have some reactions, predictions, and speculation on what this might mean for the FGC. We also offer our two cents on the fact that Riot happens to be owned by Chinese company Tencent. Plus, Ono promises characters and content for Street Fighter V here in 2019, Google makes some pretty unbelievable promises about online play, and more on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right,
1: welcome back to the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero.
0: You didn't say another episode, and now I don't know how to. I don't know how to uh, move forward. I, I, I need consistency and routine in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, there's, you know what? I, I'm going to get right into because there's nothing going on in the fighting game community. Nothing yeah. is happening right now. Certainly not a giant kind of reveal uh, from Riot Games, one of the biggest video game developers out there, going on. Um, I, you know, let's get right into it actually it's, it's being called Project L which I assume uh, stands for like Project League or Project Legends something like that right Ah. So we know it's a 2D fighting game uh, that's based on uh, the screenshots and the videos that we've seen so far. Uh, It's very clearly, you know, put on a 2D plane. Um, It's also using the League of Legends IP uh, slash characters. Um, So the boost to the game's kind of notoriety right there is going to be very large. League of Legends is a huge game um, in esports and gaming in general. So a lot of people are actually going to be brought into this game from that. Uh, But like looking over the screenshots, we see life bars, we've got meters. Um, we've got pretty much everything you would expect from a 2D fighting game in this era, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And just very quick, another uh, recap of it, like we've got stuff like text for the combo meter uh, that says like, you know, a reversal happened or a counter hit happened, all that kind of stuff. Uh, First to two rounds wins, um, what looks like a stun gauge or something like that. Of course the the round timer, all that kind of stuff. And then maybe, just maybe, I'm not 100% sure what this is, but an ultra or comeback mechanic meter of some type is what it looks like. Um, And I mean, it's Hey, this is the era we live in, right? Like, comeback mechanics are not going away. If you ask me, Uh, they're going to be pretty much a staple of every fighting game. I think since Ultra Street Fighter or since Street Fighter Four introduced them, I, I don't think they're going away.
0: Yeah, and I don't think people should look at those as a as like they shouldn't hear comeback mechanic as a bad word. I've talked a lot of crap about Street Fighter's comeback mechanic recently, but it's not that I think that it should be gone. I think there's so much you can do with it. It's all it's like almost almost necessary in the age of esports when you have to have the flash and the fireworks. Um it just needs to be appropriately implemented and balanced and I mean that's I think that's really more where the where the war is going to be fought, not whether or not there's a comeback mechanic. Gotcha.
1: And so you now the developers are some people are, are looking at them, you know, playing the game and they're all playing on a keyboard, right? Uh, and everyone's going, Oh, you know, what's gonna be the problem with that? Well if, if if you look again, if you watch a video a little closer, you'll see that one. Joysticks are kind of like strewn all about, like you know, in their office and whatnot. They've got joysticks and game pads and all that kind of stuff there. Plus, uh, the camera kind of lingers on a shot of like an arcade machine and like shows like a, a joystick controls like up close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developers here that are involved with this new riot fighting game, uh, they are veterans of the FGC, hardcore uh, veterans who have been around a long time. They understand. Intrinsically, what makes the fighting game community work at like all levels? These guys are sharp. They're very capable, very savvy. Uh, these are not idiots, you know, that are putting this that have no idea what they're doing type things. So, uh, it, it, people are looking at it and saying, "Okay, you know, we're we're going to have more of a simplified control scheme and all that kind of stuff." Like, I definitely think that's a, a a factor here. Like, it could definitely be a thing, especially being part of Rising Thunder. Like, you know, the developers of that are working on this. Um, but I will note that. Street Fighter Five has simplified controls too. Ed and Falk, like those characters, are right there. Uh, they have very simplified inputs and all that, and I don't really think that you know that has hurt
0: the game in any way, shape, or form. No, you can absolutely have fun with with if if everything is single input or something close to it which i suspect at this point like you said rising thunder is probably the model like the the earliest kind of model that we would have for whatever this ends up being and then if you've played mobas it really i mean there certainly is a sense of execution and there's a sense of strategy but at the end of the day most of the time you are just pushing pushing qwe or r uh to do whatever move or, or technique that that that's there and if you're springboarding off of the league of legends ip into this it's almost an expectation that things would probably be like that Mm -hmm. uh so and and again it's not something that i as a um i mean i've played fighting games my whole life but you know competitively starting in around 09 2010 or so for the last decade or so and i look at that and i don't have any issue with that i think that there's plenty that can still go into it um that, that's not where things are going to fall apart either. It's like you can have a comeback mechanic, you can have simplified mechanics or, or uh, controls and uh, and special moves and all those kinds of things and you can still have a very fun back and forth that is competitive, that does measure players' Uh, skill against one another and that leads to a good time so none of these things so far are like oh no and also of course they're playing on keyboards they're like programming and developing a game <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so so anyone that's worried about that uh, just just slow down a little bit plus you know you have hitbox and 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 all these different types of, of those styles of controllers coming out and, and and being explored in the FGC right now And yes, we saw a whole row of, um, are they called candy cabs? I don't know if that's the official word or not, but like little arcade machines with the riot uh, fist symbol on them with the traditional four and four button layout next to a a joystick. So don't get ahead of yourself uh, with too much in the way of predictions. But even if these are like the truths of this game, it's not going to be... Uh, a deal breaker. And again, it's in good hands. It's in the, the, you know, the canons and and there's been influence we know from Seth Killian. And uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about it at at this stage. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm actually going to go back to, I think it was like Evo 20 2009 or, or 2010 something like that. That's when I first remember seeing a hitbox style of controller And and it was you know very much a like wow wh- What are you playing on that for like why are you doing that? And they actually interviewed the guy and he said oh He's like I like playing on a keyboard and this hitbox style of controller is the closest way I could get to a keyboard setup It's comfortable. It's great all that kind of stuff This is before the hitbox was a thing like this mm-hmm. might have been one of the first or the first hitbox I don't know um, but Again, uh, where I remember this from, like, way back in the day, about 10 years ago, is, is again, like, someone wanted to play on a keyboard and couldn't because, you know, Evo doesn't support keyboards, or uh, I think that might change now with this, but (laughs) anyway. um, But, I mean, again, that's what the hitbox was. So, uh, whether you play on a pad controller or whatever, it's just, like, it's, like, how you want to play the game. That's really, you know, the the only barrier there. Uh, It's just, it's whatever you want. So
0: Yeah, and with Evo rolling out its rules, it it seemed like that was going to be sort of a a restrictive statement, but after reading through it there were a whole bunch of possible restrictions, and at the end of the day, or at the end of the document, rather, they basically said, yeah, and, and everything's pretty much, you know, you can use the GAFRO box, you can use a hitbox, you can use a controller, you can use a standard stick. It's like everything's pretty much okay. Yeah. So with where we are right now, the FGC is being pretty inclusive uh, as far as controllers go and and broadening horizons and and on multiple levels with controllers. And then obviously we're <laughs> jumping out into the League of Legends realm with this. So it's uh, definitely a time of growth. And I think that we should be cautious we should do one step at a time and be aware of and of the intent of each step and, and, and analyze each one. But I think we should also be excited and uh and and have a little bit of faith in moving forward. It's not gonna be perfect, but I think it could be much better than it already is. And yeah.
1: So actually let's get into that a little bit. Like why do you think that we should be a little bit cautious going in with this riot fighting game?
0: Why well, why that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's policy with anything, right? But with this in particular um, well, there 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 are certain angles that you could come in um, and and look at it and just be coming in too hot. You mm-hmm. know, I I mean that's kind of a pretty open ended question there. The first place that my mind goes is well, people might think, uh, yeah, this riot game is going to because of how big League of Legends is. I, I, maybe it's not the biggest game in the world anymore. Maybe that's Fortnite, but it certainly was uh, recently, and it still is a, a very big powerhouse. And so you take that and you go. Well, the FGC and esports, we were always talking about like the juxtaposition of fighting games and this genre and then the mega popular genres and then MOBAs, I think, are at the top of that, League being the top of the MOBAs. Um, And you go, okay, so now we're getting into like a similar arena or at least we're getting some of their juju, right? And that could blow us up into this huge new thing and take us into this new echelon. And, And yeah, I'm sure it's going to do... Uh, it's it's going to progress the fighting game genre, esports and such. But is it going to be the savior that comes in and and just, you know, takes us to... To the same level as League, no. So maybe that's one of the ways that people think, you know, this is going to. Well, you should have some caution, some reservation as you move forward. Is that what you were asking, or is yeah, it is no, a completely a, different uh, angle? Or? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not a MOBA player, uh, as people know who listen to the podcast. I only really play fighting games. Like every now and again, you know, I'll pick up like a new Zelda title, or I'll want to play like Castlevania or Bloodstained or something. Like, uh, and then VR. I love VR games, but um, it's like it's pretty much I, the only game I play regularly is Street Fighter Five, right? So it's a lot of the stuff I'm. Kind Coming in like with with very fresh eyes too, uh, and trying to wrap my brain around it. But um, but just looking at what Riot is as a company and how big their backing is, which we are going to get into here. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the the China stuff, but um. I will just say that I think this has a chance of being the most popular fighting game in our entire community going in with caution. There we go. Like i thrown it to the wind there, but sure. I don't think that's an unfair statement based on how large this company is and what they do and the people that are backing it. Now, I, I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying that it will be the most popular game, just that there's a chance. Um, we have seen what Riot has planned for the future. Um, it's We'll have to see I should say it's too early to predict too much here only that this should have a fairly large impact on our scene pretty much no matter what like I don't see a scenario where this game comes out and it's like oh you know it's another whatever type game that like is on our radar for a year or maybe two years and then it's gone. Like I, th- that's just not how these guys do business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the worst case scenario is that this game actually ends up in the same vein as Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Smash, and Street Fighter as one of the new dominant titles in the fighting game community.
0: That's worst case scenarios. I think it's just, worst. It's case. just one of the triple A's. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't become a quadruple A. Exactly. And it doesn't yeah. create the quadruple A uh, uh, category.
1: Yes, and so I, it's going to be very interesting. I think that Capcom, uh, Bandai Namco, uh, and NetherRealm. I think they have very legitimate and strong competition. In a way they've never had before. But I can also say this, and this is something that Riot knows very well too uh, the Finding Game community is very loyal that they they rarely go away from playing fighting games and they love the ones they've always loved when a Mm -hmm. brand new ip comes out there brand new things like it's very hard for a lot of people in the fgc to pick that up um when esports first came into the fighting game community everyone's like you know screw off like we don't we don't want you guys here like we we, we've built plenty of uh, our own stuff here in the fighting game community we don't even want your money (laughs) like that's that's how hardcore it was so obviously that stance has uh, softened a bit and all that but um there's a lot here so anyway um i i could be wrong but i i this is a major development studio putting this together with super knowledgeable people um i can't see this not being a huge deal for us the
0: pieces are in place for something massive something that we haven't seen before and and i think that pretty much sums it up and of of course it could all fall apart of course like there are a, a handful of scenarios where this doesn't play out to be the biggest but Hey, you know what'd be really cool is if it did, and it and it like you say the pieces are in place for that. So uh, it's still gonna be a little while. They said that they're going dark for a while, and they and they mm-hmm. keep kind of driving that point home. That's like don't expect this to be too soon. There's, there's a lot going into this, and we've been working on it for a while, but there's still some time left in the development, which is good. I'm glad. Like wait till it's ready, because you know the, when when they don't do that, there's some pretty big problems. But again, in good hands here. Yeah. I I wonder though. Is this going to be primarily the audience? Is it going to be more people from the MOBA League side? Or is it going to be more people from the fighting game side? Is this news for League people like it is for fighting game people? I think that... When any kind of crossover like this happens, you hope to pick up some of that
1: fringe audience and kind of convert them and and come over and play. Mm -hmm. But if you genuinely enjoy MOBAs, I don't think this is going to convert you to fighting games. I think this is the opportunity, like it opens a door and a pathway for you. And I think, you know, viewership and other stuff like that will probably go up. Um, We know that Smash has terrific viewership. A part of that is the IP a part of that is like hey you know what yeah i I enjoy watching all these characters you know face each other and all that kind of stuff like and the league of legends ip is quite strong it's a good ip and so i don't think that it's going to be a max uh, um, a mass exodus i should say for you know from for league players over to fighting games or anything like that i think this is just kind of like a, a helper thing kind of an extension of what they're already doing yeah that makes sense yeah, so the game does sound like it's about a year or two away, as, as John just mentioned. Like they're they're going dark here, they're revealing, you know, what we just saw. Um, it's it's not coming anytime soon, is the impression I am getting. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting the, the kind of the counter punches here that these other AAA fighting game studios look at doing. Uh, Capcom they just released their investor relation report, and like esports is mentioned almost a hundred times in there. Uh, that is a very big movement for them. They're hiring even more people. We're going to get into that more in a second. I'm just I'm super curious how these other development studios kind of look at riot entering the space and and going like okay you know it's and it's not like they've never dealt with this before i mean all these companies have dealt with competition here it's just it's very much a new era this whole esports type thing it's very interesting times in the fighting game community that's kind of like my big takeaway so
0: well that first step into esports i think kind of enabled this whole thing to get started and uh, yeah, it's, it's new times because like if you're a fighting game fan, right, we're going into this, well, we've been going into this new corporate suit, more money, more advertisements, less in a dirty laundromat and more in like a, you know, a esports arena or whatever kind of style. And that continues. I think this is the next big step, you know, this little bit of a merger between the genres or a marriage or, or something. And uh, but really quick, um, going back to uh, my question that I asked a little bit earlier about how much crossover do you think we'll see and and like what percentage I wouldn't even go down to what percentage but just like how many of the league people are going to come over and play this game um, we recently had Tepin, a card game come out. And the only reason I play Tepin and I still do, like i I, mm-hmm. I play it, you know, anytime I have to go to the bathroom and play some Tepin. <laughs> uh, but and then more so too. Like I'll sometimes play, but you know, before I go to bed or something like that, any time to kill and and it's fun. and uh, and it's not fighting games at all. I do I learn things from tepin and and some kind sometimes can even apply that into fighting games. But it's a card game, and it's, but because it has, these characters from Capcom games. And it's not even just fighting games, I guess technically because Marvel, but uh, Marvel versus Capcom. But like I'm here playing a card game and I've never played any other type. I've never touched Hearthstone or anything like that, but I'm doing it because the games or the genre that I'm most familiar with has gone over here. And so there's at least one example, maybe anecdotal, but... Mm -hmm. There's one example, and I and I see it, it's pretty popular in the FGC right now. I think they just passed like a couple like three million downloads or something along those lines and it's growing and it's so if that's any indicator, I think that there will be at least at the beginning, a very healthy presence of of league players too. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree.
1: And uh one of the things we are seeing out there though right now is that people are not gonna support this game because Riot has heavy ties to China right? That is a big thing. It is a big issue right now in the NBA and other places. Um, there is a, you know, um, a trade war thing going on right now. There is so much going on with China at the moment. Um, and, and I'll just say that that people who feel this way, that's perfectly fine if that's how you feel. Like, uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Tencent, um, they own the, uh, the vast majority of Riot Games, over 90% of their company, um, uh, they own that, right? Like, and Tencent is mm-hmm. a, a uh, I'm sorry, a Chinese company, Um, So, but I will say that if you have that much issue with China, you might want to take a closer look at the bottom of your consoles that you own in your house, because if you have one from Nintendo, Microsoft or Sony, uh, it's very likely going to say made in China on there somewhere. You know, I don't know about all regions and all places listening to this, but the vast majority of those consoles are actually made in China and if you if flipping your console isn't like really you know something you want to do like right now and just look at the bottom and whatnot you can actually just google tariffs right now and you can see that sony microsoft and nintendo are campaigning hard right now against the tariffs that are they're that being assigned to china and saying how much is going to be like detrimental to their business not mm-hmm. only is this like a thing in the past it is a thing going on right now and it's okay to, you know, to dislike, you know, the, the situation with Riot, China, and everything going on, like, right now, but it's important to be educated about how entrenched, like, China is into our society. They are a huge part of the products that you use on a daily basis, uh, the things that you consume and love and media and entertainment, like, they're there too. And and just kind of, like, isolating this one scenario, like, with Riot and what's going on and saying, like, ah, you know, that's, that, it's... It's not exactly looking at the whole picture. Is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it, it's really good to to take a, a closer look at the things that you're doing, like every day, the stuff that you're using, um, uh, your electronics, like Apple, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's so much stuff that is just made in China, um, and and there's oh, man.
0: So anyway, I had some cheapo sunglasses that said "Made in China," and I threw those away, and I figured that was good. But no, you're telling me I have to throw out my PS4 as well to yeah, support the cause.
1: Yeah, every console actually, and probably your <laughs> PC as well. Uh, most everything else.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. This Blue Yeti microphone. Who knows? Yeah. Like
1: yeah <laughs> probably exactly all that stuff. So, anyway, uh, we are not a political podcast. Uh, we're not an economic podcaster. That's not what we do. We cover fighting games at the end of the day. Um, and but this has been such a large issue. I thought it was very important that we do address it in some way, shape, or form here. Uh, and you know, it, it's I could spend hours dialoguing about different like things that are going on out there uh, in different ways to approach it. But that's not really what we do. You know, um, so. I'm going to go back to this and just say that if you do feel like that upset about this, that's okay. Like you totally can. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're okay with it, considering just kind of like this is how life is, that's all right too. Like there's no right or wrong way to feel. Um, I, I think people want to make this like a just a super like black or white, you know, wrong or right kind of issue. And, you know, it's like totally clear. It's like, oh. I don't think really it is like it's this is a very complex issue for a lot of people um it's not just as simple like you said as like throwing out a pair of sunglasses and being good and all that like there's (laughs) it's it's wrapped up in our day-to-day lives very heavily and and there it is
0: um, my understanding uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of companies that have been wrapped up in this and that have been brought up and one of the biggest ones as far as we're concerned or closer to home for us is blizzard mm-hmm. right and they're the makers of like warcraft and my moba of choice uh, uh, heroes of the storm but now uh, and that's that's of course different than riot and but riot is wrapped up with uh, with this whole thing as well
1: yeah um, uh, they're owned by tencent um,
0: which is a so a Riot is, is okay so yeah because yeah, I'm familiar with, with Tencent. I just didn't realize that because I whenever we talk about this and, and specifically MOBAs and such I keep hearing blizzard 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 and then there was the uh, the individual that I think was fired or, or there was controversy about them tweeting or something but but I mean it's just as much Riot and it's probably like you're saying just as much a whole bunch of things that you may or may not be aware of in your life, just right. your everyday life. Yeah. And to so. flesh it
1: out a little bit more, Riot is an American video game company. They're based in L.A. They have 2,500 people working for them and 23 offices around the globe. Uh, and those offices include places like Spain, the United Kingdom, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, and, yes, China. So, mm it's complex here. It's not just a, oh yeah, they, you know, they're owned by a Chinese company, a very dominant and strong Chinese company. It's like, yeah, but they also have, there are, I, I, and we just kind of talked about this, but there are very good, hardworking, honest, and great people working at Riot. You know, and I, um, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, there there's a lot of good people there that are working super hard on this game and want people to try it and just give it a chance and all that because it's going to be, I think, a game worth taking note of, right? Mm. Um, and, it's, it's very complex. It, it's a very complex thing that's going on here. And it, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to know how to feel, I guess, is where I'm going with it. That's, that's where I, I guess I'm at. Like I'm very conflicted with this because I, the humanitarian issues, all that kind of stuff going on. It's, it's appalling. It's disgusting reading about some of the stuff. And yet we put up with a number of these things because it lowers the cost of what we have to pay. You know, if we have to pay an it, it, uh, extra $100, $200 for a console, we freaking flip out and we go crazy about that and Mm -hmm. and that's how come this stuff is manufactured in these areas uh and sometimes under really crappy
0: circumstances that we want nothing to do with but but we'll play the thing and we'll take the discounted price and all of those things and i there's a lot that goes into all this right and also this game's a few years off probably and as far as the fighting game community is concerned and and as far as this whole situation with Hong Kong and and what's you know hot right now with all of that and it's like well will this still be as much of a thing in you know a few years will it still be as much of a thing in a few weeks who knows like, who knows how this is all gonna pan out uh, but I do also think that as much as people will talk about how how much they you know they'll they'll be a fighter for their cause especially like on social media. Uh, money talks, yes. and and they're they're gonna want to save money. They're gonna want to have cheaper stuff. They're wanna they're gonna want to play the game that's fun. So if this game comes out and it's fun and and, and, and it's entertaining to play, I think that sure there will be a, f- a few people that go out there and 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 stand their ground against this. But I think a lot of people are just gonna do the thing, especially when it's so far removed from you that you know, oh, it's, it's built on a bunch of negativity and, and immoral stuff. Ah, we'll just push that over. To, push that away and, and just play the thing, you yeah. know? So I, it's it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. It might even be a non-issue by the time we, we have to make that kind of a choice as far as the fighting game community and playing a game like this and whatnot. But yeah, everyone's free to kind of you know, have their opinion one way or another, please be informed. If you're going to have an opinion, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think that's where I'll, I'll stop. Cause I, I don't, I don't need to take too much, uh, of like right now and, and, and make too many jumps with this whole thing. It's yeah. like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and see how things play out. Yeah. I, I personally, like for my own self, it's trying to find a balance
1: of, of all this stuff. It's like, I buy products from China all the time. I'm fully aware of it and I'm fully aware of like what goes into that. Right. And some of the stuff is just terrible like you you read about some of the circumstances that this stuff is coming from and i don't know how much i'm contributing or or whatever with all that kind of stuff um and so i try to look at the scenario and go okay the stuff i know that's wrong i'm really gonna try to avoid doing like i and and that's like the best i can do and like some stuff that i am completely unsure of and all that like i don't know exactly how my money is going and, and investing in this or not it's like if i bought an xbox and my have I just totally you know screwed over some poor kids in China or something like that? I don't know. Mm. You know, like I, I have no idea how this stuff all works and breaks down. I don't think a lot of people do. Um, and so I, I, I try to take a step back and just say like if something is clearly wrong, like that's the balance point where I go, hey, I'm gonna distance myself from that. I don't want any part of that, that's not all right. Stuff that's really cloudy and murky, I kinda go, "Uh, I'm gonna do the best I can, but I don't know at the end of the day. And I think that's where a lot of people fall in at. Like I, I, you know, so, so yeah. Anyway, like I said, not a political or economic podcast. So we'll probably move on at that point. Um, But yeah, it's, it's something we are aware of. It's something we do want to address. We don't want to ignore this stuff because it does impact, you know, the FGC, but we're also not experts here. And, uh, you know, and so go listen to people who are experts. If you want to know more, there's some great podcasts and articles and websites and all that kind of stuff you can check out to really get into the meat of this stuff from people who, who are just way more well-versed in this than URI um, are. So there it is. Yeah. And listen to more than one. Yes, yes, always. So moving along here, uh, I do want to talk about what the future of Street Fighter V may hold now um, that Sony and Microsoft plans are, are unveiled there for their next generation console. Mm-hmm. And so we know that both next generation consoles are coming in holiday 2020. That is a that is a lock from both companies, and uh, we also know that Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Five have followed about two and a half to three years after the initial release dates of the new consoles from Sony and Microsoft. That that has been their history there. Uh, so that would mean, if like you're just taking it completely at face value, that we would not see a Street Fighter Six um, or an Alpha Four or whatever uh, until 2023. Hmm. And and I go, ooh, that. Looks like a little bit, maybe too much of a stretch here, and I kind of wanted to fill in some of the blanks here with that kind of like whole discussion. So, right. so first off, uh, the sales for Street Fighter Five have been quite a bit less than Street Fighter Four. Uh, Street Fighter Five sales currently set at three point seven million. Uh, the the lifetime sales for Street Fighter Four, like on all platforms, uh, was nine million. So. A pretty big disparity between there. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, um, we know that Street Fighter V is restricted to Sony's console. It's never going to appear, according to Sony, on, on Microsoft or Nintendo's platforms ever. Even like, you know, with Next Generation, as far as I know, completely restricted for life to Sony. So that is not an ideal scenario for a major eSports game to be so restricted, especially with competition coming from like Riot and other places like that. You want your game on as many platforms as you can get it there. It helps sales, it helps so many things. I know that like, for example, the 3DS version of Street Fighter IV, it's sold over a million copies. That helps your bottom line quite a bit. That is something you very much want, especially with the, the era of crossplay and streaming coming not too far in the future. You want your game out there kind of like wherever people will play it at, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Capcom has said many times, including very recently, that esports is a gigantic initiative for their company. Uh, they've hired a bunch of new staff members, and they plan on hiring more, actually, just to help with this now. Um, so um, backing up here to Street Fighter V, I don't think yet you can call the game a massive failure from a st- sales standpoint. Uh, I don't think you can call it a big success either, but it's somewhere in the middle right and i think that capcom looks at the success of monster hunter and resident evil and i think they go you know what like we could benefit so much more from having a new
0: entry on other platforms besides sony that's just i, I- can't see this i get why they might do it and in fact uh, i think we've heard that street fighter 5 like wouldn't have happened if not for sony and if not for this deal with sony right so I get it, but I do not see it happening again. If uh, Capcom were to come out and say Street Fighter VI coming out and it's, again, Sony exclusive, that I'm, that might be enough just for people to say, nah, screw that. Because Sony has not been my favorite console as far as hardware goes. And there's been a lot of, uh, it, it, it hasn't been a great experience. And, and more more than that. You need to have that breadth that you're talking about, and, and you need to have as much of an of uh, an opportunity to reach as big of a crowd as possible. And that's just like you're shooting yourself in the foot if you restrict it to one console at this point, right? So I, I 100% agree. I don't I don't see a future where Capcom does that with their next game. And uh, I mean, they didn't even do it with uh, Marvel Infinite, right? No, they did. They came yeah. out after Street Fighter V. So. I I heavily suspect that it's going to be, it needs to be on as many consoles as possible. So I, I think that with that in mind, I think Capcom might be willing to move on from Street
1: Fighter V a little sooner you know, then then other people might kind of suspect, like, because you know, Street Fighter Four had that great lifespan. You know, it was it was around for quite some time. Uh, but with this, it's like, well, there's a lot of incentive to kind of move away from the game. Uh, I don't think like a ridiculous amount where they're going to abandon it tomorrow. You know, but it, it's it's a type of thing where it's like,
0: yeah, it, it it just makes more sense to move on, right? Okay, so so that's you said like maybe three years or so 2023
1: 2023 i think is is kind of like the latest actually we're going to see and i actually think there's a great case for 2022
0: which i was going to get into but please please go well i was just asking basically to to kind of lay that out like 2023 probably be the latest but if they were to uh to bring it back and and try to do it earlier how much of a time or how much time do you think they cut off right so that's a great question um the reason I'm
1: thinking that we could be essentially about two years away, a little over two years away from a next major uh, iteration, uh, is some of the stuff that they've they've actually kind of outlined here in terms of their future plans, like for the game. Like they they've already mentioned that they only plan support up until uh, through 2019. And for Capcom to, to make that statement, they made that statement clear back after the game was released like in November. So it was a November 2016, Capcom said, yeah, we're only really going to support the game until 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all the that confirmed is. It's really interesting to pick that exact date and time because the consoles, the next generation consoles are, are confirmed to come out in 2022 now. And I think very clearly, Microsoft and Sony said, like, it's not locked, like, we're going to release our consoles in, but more than likely, this is what we're aiming for. And I think Capcom said, okay, that's great. Thank you that we know that. And now we're going to, you know, kind
0: of plan our strategies around that basically. Right? It sounded so, like you might have said 2022 now, but like saying as well, right? But it's it's the new consoles are coming out in 2020.
1: 2020, yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. Too many dates I'm kind of throwing around here, so I do appreciate the correction. <laughs> Definitely probably going to need a few of those because a lot of dates here. <laughs> uh, so getting back into it, um, why I think 2020 is on the table, uh, in, in, you know, only being a couple years away, it is just, again, because of the, the Street Fighter V like, just not being that great right? Um, but I think that there's, there's another potential year of, of development there that they could throw into um, because Capcom's eSports plans are so big. Uh, they, it doesn't make sense to, to move off of Street Fighter 5 maybe like right away and just have nothing, right? So unless there's another Marvel game coming uh, that we don't know about or other things like that, it's like something is still better than nothing, and so yeah. right now, I think that there's a chance that Capcom looks at a season five of Street Fighter V and says, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's have one more year of life with this game because we don't have anything else. And the next generation consoles are a little too far away for us to get, you know, the Street Fighter Six out there in that kind of timeline. We don't want to rush it. We've rushed stuff before and it's backfired big time. We don't want that. Um, so let's do a reduced season of Street Fighter 5. Put that out there, do a couple characters, make sure the CPT is good, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Street Fighter League, I know, is a big deal for them. Get that out there, let people play it. And how I look at that is they kind of did that same thing with Ultra Street Fighter 4. And, and they kept Ultra Street Fighter 4 going like um, it was actually even supported into the next generation console's lifespan. Like, for yeah. example, um, Ultra Street Fighter 4 was announced at Evo 2013. Uh, we know now that was the final update of the game. They n- never updated it again like with a major release afterwards. Right. Uh, and it actually came out a few months into 2014. But by that time, both the Xbox One and PS4 were already out. Like they they were releasing a major update to the game with a, a new generation console already out there in there, so I can I can see the reason how come Capcom wouldn't drop Street Fighter V like it's hot. Yeah, like it's not hot actually would be. The, <laughs> I guess the, the comparison I'm looking for here it's like there there is a reason for them to keep it going, and there's a history of them actually keeping it going. You know, a little bit more, but again, it's Street Fighter V to Street Fighter Four. You're looking at a pretty big disparity in sales and kind of reception and all that
0: yeah you uh, like again i don't see any possibility of a of a vacant period i mean of course there's a possibility we're talking about capcom right so but uh but that's a that's a really bad call and i don't think that that's in the plans right now i've actually thought that street fighter 6 was probably in development like a year ago Mm. or so i mean it's going to take a while for for things to come out and such but like I think that, yes, you 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 have a little bit of overlap, but you jungle swing from game to game. You jungle swing from game that can be the main feature on the Capcom Pro Tour from game that can be that as well. And with Street Fighter V, uh, you, like, there's a bunch of stuff going on here. You said a lot of things. But... Uh, it sounded to me like you were describing season 4 of street fighter 5 yeah. when you were saying like things are dialed back and we're going to release a few characters here and there but like this felt like their wind down period mm-hmm. um which which further made me feel like okay street fighter 6 might be not next year, but maybe a year after, you know, like 2021 is more like where I'm thinking uh, Street Fighter six, unless you have something else that comes in. That's not Street Fighter, like a Marvel that, that could be also an, an equally possible case, but you got to have something. And with Street Fighter five right now, uh, it's, it's starting to, it's, it's not the main game anymore. You know, like Street Fighter four stayed as like the main game for virtually all of its life, right? the The ending, game at like evo and at all these big events and like it certainly isn't anymore it's not at my locals like you know like uh, at uh, evo japan guess what the main game in evo japan is smash ultimate right yep. like it certainly does not have the presence that street fighter 4 did it's also got a lot more competition you could say than street fighter 4 did so there's that as well but the, the situation is different and i think that street fighter 5 is waning faster now you have to have it for at least another year right you got to do something like I, I think that there's for sure going to be a season five, uh, especially the way it's set up as a service. You need to have constant development, because I think that when that ceases for Street Fighter five, people are going to say, OK, now we're done playing. Uh, if there's nothing else on the table, we're done playing like I talked about last week. Everyone's always asking what's next? What's the next DLC? What's the next update the yada yada? And and we've kind of been trained in this modern age to expect something new Some of that might just be because the game isn't as fun and they want something new But also a big part of it is because that's what we're programmed to think like there's gonna be six new DLC characters every year And there's gonna be balance changes and there's stuff to look forward to There's always something new on the horizon until there isn't and at that point a lot of people are going to turn off. Um, you see those kind of things happen like when um like when I remember when Super Street Fighter 4 was announced and it was like a month off, people didn't really want to play Vanilla anymore because it was just like that was that was done, like it's going to change, it's going to be different and the FGC and, and I think people in general can fall into these um, not traps but just these feelings where okay, now we're done playing like this thing makes us done with the game and I, and I think that if you stop support and you tell people that you've stopped support for Street Fighter V, that's a real possibility. Right. So I think they need to continue to develop. I think you're going to have to have, one, a, you got to let people know that stuff is coming. And I think they're doing that now, thank goodness. But then also, uh, obviously, you have to have the content rolling. I think you need something like a super for to, to carry the game for another year, like a, a super or an ultra or whatever update, mm-hmm. like kind of a, a, a new look at it like arcade edition was and um and yeah like like they have to continue to pump into street fighter 5 until something else can come take its place and it's falling man like uh, there was a little spike of of uh of hype about it for these new characters and they're they're fine but it's kind of just like a blip and now we're kind of back to okay what's next so yeah. uh, i think capcom needs to go in and and do a lot for street fighter 5 still and here's the thing though ps5 is going to be backwards compatible right yes so it's it's not even that like in in the case of street fighter 4 we had that amazing port (laughs) if you remember Mm -hmm. uh we brought street fighter 4 onto the ps5 onto the ps4 and it was supposed to be the new standard it was gonna be at evo and everything right but then it was the the port was so bad that they couldn't do it they put they put it back on 360 i believe or maybe it was PS3 for Evo, I don't, but uh, they didn't play it on the new console. But the plan was to do so, and I think that we could absolutely do that with five as well. Street Fighter V um, on the PlayStation 5 until the next thing is ready. So I don't think that that's necessarily a huge restriction on how long we can keep this game going. Uh, I think that it's more about getting six fully ready and then. Once it's ready, it comes out. Five finishes the pro tour that it's on, and then we make the transition over to six. I would imagine that that could happen as early as 2021, yeah, but yeah. maybe more 2022 is probably a good guess. But then, oh my gosh, how do you carry Street Fighter V all the way to 2022? I don't know, man. Well, yeah, and that's a great thing. Like, I, I think people look at that, and and they,
1: they see that big dead period, and they go, yeah, how do you carry a game through that? And they forget that there's usually over a year of hype and marketing built up before a game comes out, right? Sure. That's actually exactly what happened with um, Street Fighter V. It was announced at Capcom Cup December 2014, uh, meaning, again, they marketed the game for over a year, and then it was released in February 2016, right? And, and that whole time, people were playing Street Fighter 4 and still enjoying it, just as you mentioned, and getting pretty hyped for Street Fighter V. Like, hey, this is great. Like, You actually can carry a game Pretty well, like with the marketing of another game, like at least in the fighting game community, that works for pretty sure. well for us. Right. Um, yeah. and, and that and a big thing about that is, you know, Capcom has a, a finite amount of, of video game developers and, you know, fighting game developers on their staff. If they're making content for Street Fighter V, they're not free to work on the sequel. And, and that's a big deal. And you can keep some people behind, you know, and say, Hey, like you guys work on some content, get some costumes and other things out there. But I mean, you know, it takes And Capcom just put the statement out there um, to their investors that game development typically takes like three years for them. You know, that, that is the typical window for them. So Street Fighter Six could be in development right now. Um, you can have, you know, people working on the engine, a bunch of foundational type of stuff where you don't need all of your developers yet because you're, you know, solidifying a bunch of things. They can be behind working on Street Fighter V, a season five of it, and be perfectly good, right? And a really good balance in there. Um, but at some point, there I think you have to move those developers off to the brand new game, Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's, it's why I think that a a season five is definitely a possibility. And I think a scaled back season five is definitely reasonable. Um, But I think beyond that, like, even though there's going to be a bit of a dead period, which we just talked about, you know, uh, I think that's okay,
0: because of the marketing and other stuff that they can do in that window to kind of solidify things. Here's the thing. Yes, that's a possibility and yes, that's what we've seen before. But what we also saw before was people were were excited to play Street Fighter 4, I would pretty conclusively say or argue mm-hmm. more so than they are playing Street Fighter 5 right now. Right. And the significance there is when Street Fighter 5 leaked and then was shown officially it was great. It was like, that's awesome. We have that to look forward to tomorrow. But we were very much content with playing what we had in front of us today. And Not everybody, but a, a significant portion of the community. So much so that when Street Fighter Five actually came out, people still wanted Street Fighter 4 They're like, okay, but we're still going to have four tournaments, right? And then when 4 wasn't announced to be at Evo, there was that whole huge, like, oh my gosh, no way. I remember personally feeling like, oh, that sucks, man. Cause, and, and I think that evo not having it was going to be like a nail in the coffin but if evo did have it maybe both of these games could i would have played both i would have done it at the same time i still wanted to play four and i think a lot of people still wanted to play four now we moved over to five big part of that was like kind of we were we somewhat forced to to with like evo not having four and things like that but i don't see the same thing playing out with a Street Fighter VI announcement with where people are generally feeling about Street Fighter V right now, it could be what you just said is how it plays out. But it could also be that as soon as Street Fighter VI pops up, just like I was talking about um, you know, Super Street Fighter IV, uh, when that was announced, people were like, okay, well, I'm not gonna play this anymore. And it's, it's not really for the same reason, but I can see people kind of like breathing a um, something of a sigh of relief and going, all right, cool. I'll play when that pops up. I don't feel compelled or obligated to play Street Fighter V anymore because it's it's not necessarily the like I a lot of people are playing it because it's the Street Fighter game mm-hmm. and because it's what's here, but as soon as something else is either here or on the way here, that might be enough for a lot of people that are still playing to say, okay, cool. I'll just I'll take a break now and I'll jump back in when six comes in. And if that happens, then the dead period that we're talking about is gonna be a lot more dead than I think we're we're letting on.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean again, but the other thing is it could also build up hype for Street Fighter Six and say, hey, you know, it's not gonna be a complete departure from what Street Fighter 5 is. There were a lot of lessons learned from Street Fighter Four to Street Fighter Five, there there yes. are huge gameplay implications. If you go back and play Four, there is a lot of jank, a lot of jank in that game, uh, and and they fixed it in Five, uh, and I think that you know it, it could work both ways, but I don't disagree with you that it. Could one hundred twenty percent for a number of people work the way that you're talking about too? Street Fighter Four had so much more goodwill and charisma and all that kind of stuff we've talked about before. Uh, I do want to
0: make the other end of the case, but yeah, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, and and I do think that when six is announced, there will be absolute hype for it. People will be very excited for for a variety of reasons. But I wonder if in like if five has the momentum and the charisma to survive through that hype or if if there's not enough room on this this table right now for both things at the same time so i i hope that five keeps i I hope capcom is successful with the pro tour with fighting games with their street fighter department i hope that five grows into you know to be even better than it is now and uh and i don't hate it outright and and i say a lot of negativity about it but i don't hate it outright um But I also like I I don't want that dead period to happen. So I'm a little a little leery of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll also mention that um,
1: in Capcom's investor relations thing, which I keep referring to, uh, they they have mentioned now that their post release support window for for big games for them is typically three to four years. Well, if we're talking about Street Fighter V, the three year window, we're up here with season four, right? And if we're talking about four years, that means a fifth season. So they do say three or four years. They specifically mention that. So I don't know what they are planning. It's just, but it is another possibility here that we could be seeing a fifth season of of Street Fighter V. Uh, And if that happens, well, um, we're actually maybe just a year away from the, uh, the Street Fighter VI announcement, right? Capcom mm-hmm. Cup comes. It's 2020 Capcom Cup. Uh, there's every reason for Capcom, if they're ready, to announce Street Fighter VI there. Uh, Say, so yeah, you know, support for Street Fighter V is ending, but you can play it for this entire rest of the year, right? Um, and that's kind of their transition, right? And that's, that's what we're looking at here. We're, we're doing a lot of reading of the tea leaves. We're trying to put the pieces together to try to make this like, what is Capcom going to do to make this all work? Right. Like, how are they going to smoothly transition between periods uh, as smoothly as they can, given the circumstances? Right. And, and this is kind of like what we see, uh, at least I should say what I see as a most likely outcome. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like that based on what we're seeing from the statements they are making all this kind of stuff like this could be fairly smooth for them and let them keep all their kind of esports plans and all that kind of stuff going on. So, um, again, just to recap real fast, uh, season five of Street Fighter five seems you know somewhat likely a Capcom Cup announcement at 2020 for Street Fighter 6 and then um, Street Fighter 6 comes out uh, in 2022 very early in February that is the window that Capcom loves to release their games in it is uh, February and and then boom we've got our, our brand
0: new game so do you think personally that people will play and watch Street Fighter 5 for another full two years <sighs> yes
1: but uh, I think the the big butt in the room, and exactly what you're getting at, is how many, right? Like how how well will that you know support what Capcom wants to do? Yeah. I I want to say something else because I love Street Fighter Five so much. I really enjoy the game. I just got to Grandmaster rank, so I'm going to shut myself out for that too. Hey, congrats yeah. by the way. Yeah. 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 yeah, very stoked about that. Um, but I can't I can't think of any other equation beyond it's on life support a little bit for that period of time. It, it works. It functions It functions, uh but it, it, it's not going to be ideal, but it works. It gets us through that period of time. I think it will be just enough to do it.
0: Yes. Hey, if they do a big update, if they change like some of the stuff that I've, this is for me personally, but I think it extends to a lot of people. Like if they, if they fixed up the V trigger situation, you can have a lot of fun with this game, man. You can have a lot of fun if you're playing against the right people locally, and and they're not just you know falling back onto the kind of training wheels, just do it tactics. There's a lot to explore here, and and there's a sense of satisfaction that has come out of many matches that I have played in Street Fighter Five. Uh, a sense of learning where I go like I lost, but why did I lose? I lost because I made this decision. Not I lost because the thing is broken as much as my heart still wants to go there, right? Because you want to blame everything but yourself. Like, that's in this game. That's there. It just isn't there enough right now. And and But it's gotten a lot better than it was, first and foremost. And uh, And I think that it can continue to get better. And I think that Capcom still has their sights on this game to make it better because they have to keep it around for at least another year or two. And I think that if they fix it, it could very easily become a game that's fun enough to play now will people still give it enough of a chance to explore it and and find it in that or are they still just going to have this first impression that that's going to stick with it for forever maybe but i think it has a real fighting chance to uh to grow into something that can last for another year or two and uh and, and i think it will i think that capcom is listening to the people more than they ever have they've gotten their asses kicked by by just the last couple of years and missteps and then just bad luck and leaks and all of this stuff but i think they have more open ears than they ever have and i think they're really trying and uh and and i think that they they can make this work so I'm a little optimistic there. I think that, yeah, that could fix it. I, I wasn't expecting that from you. Um, I don't personally agree that they have, you know,
1: the, the most open ears they've ever had. Uh, I think some of the, the staff members that they, they had that were doing that at a high level um, uh, are gone, you know, and so that's not happening nearly as much. But I think in some respects, in terms of taking in, you know, feedback that they see uh, in the community, I think that in, in implementing that, I think they're more willing to do some of that stuff now. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so there's, there, you know, maybe a little bit of a complicated, you know, answer there, but but there it is. So. To me, that's what has to happen. So it's what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so next up, uh, Yoshinori Ono, he has mentioned that we have new characters and new comments, uh, our new content, I should say, new comments. My goodness, uh, uh, coming. Uh, what are the implications of this? Like kind of stuff. Like John, what are you seeing here? I, I know you wanted to talk about this. Like, like, what are yeah. you seeing from Ono?
0: So, okay, so this was said in Japanese, translated to Portuguese, and then we have that translated into English. <laughs> but here's what he says. He says, "You want to see new characters, right? You want new content too. I'm sure that's what you're all thinking. Well, about that." We're going to have new information to present to you in regards to that at Capcom Cup North American Finals in November and at Capcom Cup in December. So if you could please just stay patient until then. First and foremost, the announcement of the announcement that we knew was already coming that had already been announced. Sure. But the the little takeaway that we can have from this is he specifically says characters and he specifically says content. Mm-hmm. And... I'm focused more on that content thing. I think we all expected like another character or two for this season. Hey, maybe even more. Who knows? But characters probably still on the way. But content, that's been the big question. And even in what we were just talking about, I think that a super or some kind of a big update needs to happen. Of course, a balance change. Um, What all could content mean? Well, it could mean new costumes. It could mean new, uh, new story mode or new single player modes. But we are consistently seeing new costumes. They simultaneously announced all of these uh, athletic costumes for free. And so I don't think that that's what Ono means when he says content. I think costumes are going to consistently keep coming out, the crossovers and all that stuff. I think that it probably is more in the vein of a balance patch. And then my heart hopes that it's in the vein of new mechanical updates and, uh, and things along those lines. And if that's the case, why not just a super? you know, or, or, or ultra what, uh, but that's what I'm feeling like this is. And part of it is it's what I'm hoping it is. So I'm kind of looking at it through that lens, but yeah, I, I, I'm seeing a new update and, and that's hopeful for me. It's interesting
1: because I, I, that, the, the part about new content didn't even jump out to me when I first read it. And now the way you're, you're putting it in context and all that, uh, people are going to laugh at this, but do bear with me. Ono chooses some of his words very carefully. Not all of them. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of them that you're like, "What?" You know. Uh, but uh, some of the things that he says are very carefully crafted and and done in a certain way. And you can see that when he's making some of these type of announcements and speeches and whatnot. And then of course he goes off the cuff and, and talks about like a new Darkstalkers or, or whatever that's like never yeah. going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it's Ono, but. It's interesting that you mentioned that new content thing and like kind of as a point of emphasis. And we have we have seen that that is, again, once again, how Ono likes to to hint and kind of direct people to different things, which is quite... stopped calling everybody world warriors, by the way, now that Honda's out. Exactly. Exactly. So th- that's quite fascinating and definitely would speak to another, you know, a little another tally mark i would say under the category of like are we going to see an update for street fighter 5
0: yes you know type thing that that's it's pretty interesting um, do you think that cuz i know we've talked about that a handful and it's it's almost felt sort of matter of fact between the two of us and how we've discussed it but lately, it's not feeling like that. I don't think people are thinking that as much, and maybe even you aren't thinking that as much, but I'm not sure. Like, I, that's why I'm asking you directly. Do you think a super update is on the way still?
1: Um, I, I would put, like, if I'm going to put a percentage on it, I'd probably put it at about 70 to 80%. So I'll split the difference. 75% likely I think that an update okay. is coming here. Uh, again, just you have to look over Capcom's history. Uh, 1.8 years, they release a new Street Fighter update every 1.8 years. Like, even with the 10-year dead period, between Street Fighter 3, Third Strike to Street Fighter 4, if you tally up every update that went in there for Champion Edition to the Alpha games to all that kind of stuff, they do something every 1.8 years. And I know that sounds wild, but that's what they do. So it's it, Capcom is such a creature of habit. like, And so it's hard for me to, to ever separate them from what they always do because mm-hmm. that's what we always give them crap for. It's like, damn it, Capcom, quit doing the same things over and over again but your guys are really predictable. We
0: know exactly what you're going to do. We, this is what you guys... So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look and, at it. And Ultra Street Fighter Four was... Okay, so it was revealed at EVO 2013, you said?
1: Uh, it was, yes, revealed at 2013. Came out in 2014.
0: Came out in 2014. And so, really, it had a little more than a year and a half before Street Fighter Five dropped, right, with that Ultra update. Mm-hmm. So, another way I look at this is how much time are you going to have if you're going to put all this effort into revamping your game uh, or giving it a makeover? You better give it enough time for people to play it. And I don't think that's an issue here, though, especially if it rolls out like early next year or something along those lines. That's uh, Yeah, it it works for me. It works in the timeline. I think you have to do it, man. I think you have to. Otherwise, I don't see how this works. Mm.
1: Um, I wanted to get into now, actually, a few characters that we are hearing about and some of the rumors we're hearing about. Um, We have heard, uh, what is it, brand new V-Skills are coming to the game. Uh, Another set of V-Triggers we've heard. Um, These rumors are so up and down, and we just kind of never know what is going to happen here. And I will say that when stuff leaks, Capcom moves it around. Like, that's what they do. So we're careful about saying, like, 100% stuff is coming or not. we also say rumors and other stuff because we're not sure. Like it, it's it's a really hard you know thing to to guess and put out there. But um, some of the characters we are hearing rumors on the internet about uh, are Rose, Oro, Sodom. Uh, and, and those three characters, if I was a betting man, um, I would say those are the most likely characters coming to the game. Um, and a few less likely people we've heard about are C Viper, Fei Long, uh, Yun, and then uh, finally Maki uh, from Final Fight. Uh, Final Fight has actually been very popular with Capcom as of late. We've got Poison. Uh, I don't know if you consider Zeku or not, but, you know, we've got Abigail, uh, Lucia, all that kind of stuff. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, Final Fight in the game right now. Um, and Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. Um So, uh, and I'll mention that I think this season is actually going to have the standard six characters as well. Um, My guess is two more is coming. You know, we've got one in November, one in December. And then I think, you know, they say that's all for Street Fighter 4 Season 4, or Street Fighter 5 Season 4. Uh, But here's also the update to the game, you know. And and then, you know, Season 5 we get however many characters and however many, you know, new things at that point, right? Um, So... Uh, I'll just say because uh, we've given them a lot of crap about this Capcom has done a pretty good job of misleading and redirecting people by like I just mentioned mixing up their release dates as stuff gets leaked and um, almost no one saw Lucia coming. I I don't know how many people predicted that character, but no one I saw that was notable. We never spoke about her, Uh, but we did talk about Honda quite a bit. We pretty much called him coming. like We knew he was pretty much like a locked character, and we were talking about that, I think, after um, the uh, the 2018 Capcom Cup. We we spoke about Honda quite a bit, I think even way back then, right? And then Ono, of course, added in all those hints and stuff. And then we did mention Poison a few times um, before she was unveiled. Not a lot. She wasn't a character super high up on our radar
0: but she was you know someone we discussed right i was saying poison at capcom cup 2018 uh, but that was only because carolyn's hair was dyed like pink and so i thought that was a hint
1: gotcha gotcha <laughs> so in, in where i'm going with that is that's about accurate for predictions we nailed honda we had no idea about lucia and we heard some rumors we thought poison could be a candidate and that's like a perfect split of options dead on complete miss somewhere in the middle right mm-hmm. and that's kind of like how you should look at these character rumors that we're giving and any characters out there it's like there's a there's usually some truth to the, the stuff that people are putting out there right uh, but you can't take it to the bank and say like this is a 100 percent lock with most of the people that are
0: that are putting this information out into the wild how do you think people would react if you have someone like oro and uh like like these these front runners that we have like, do you think those characters, if, if you think about them being released, will will generate enough hype or will they be like little blips in the radar? I know uh,
1: I could definitely say this without any bias or any you know kind of like thing holding like that. Rose is going to be one of the most influential and amazing characters ever added in the history of fighting games. And if <laughs> if if Capcom has any reservations, they should have none whatsoever. Um, but to answer your question besides Rose, you know, because I clearly have no bias there. Um, yes. Uh, that ship has sailed. And uh, Nicholas, Majin attention Hand, um, hand, he, he really said that that ship kind of sailed once Sakura and Sagat came out, that those were kind of like the last major, like super iconic characters in Street Fighter that would just make that huge impact.
0: And I wish there were other characters
1: out there. I just, I don't think there is.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe Kage and the idea of evil Ryu had some potential there. And, and Kage, I think Kage is cool. Mm-hmm. I wish he was better. But yeah, I don't, I look at these and none of it makes me go personally. Goes, oh yeah, sweet. I also recently heard the uh, the rumor that Yun and Yang as one character that can flippy flop, sort of like Zeku hmm. would be a thing. And I'm like, no. Why would we want Yun? Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but in some of these, I go, oh, I really don't want to have to learn how to fight against this character again. Um, and and they're almost like a weight as opposed to a uh, like a like a hype or buttress or anything like that. So. Yeah, I don't know if Capcom can really thrive off of the new characters uh, and and return uh, attention and hype to their game like like you would hope they would. But I do think again a big update might do that. So.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a great thing that you mentioned that it's uh this really feels like it's going to be kind of like the last batch of characters, right? Like if you don't have any more heavy hitters to throw in there, like why keep doing it? Like and um, but I also will mention that. If you have some finished characters, you know, in the pipeline for Street Fighter V, why not release them? Is also, like, the other thing. Like, if they're close to done or around there, um, and the the opposite end of that would be, uh, why not save them for Street Fighter VI? Um, which is not exactly bad reasoning at all. Um, it, it's it, Characters clearly cannot be just copy and pasted between games. So there's balance issues. There's universal mechanics. There's all these things that have to be accounted for. But some assets can definitely be ported over and reused we saw that with Street Fighter cross tech into Street Fighter 4 right there, there was no reason that you could not port that stuff over um, and it takes a little bit of the hype away that if you're like oh yeah here's let's say um uh, maki right like and in, in, oh we just released her for Street Fighter 5 but she's also in Street Fighter 6 right that that impact has diminished quite a bit because like well we, we we already just got her right like I mean it's it's I know it's different but that 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 really that wow factor of seeing a character for the first time is just diminished a bit so yeah i could see that if capcom has a few characters that are maybe not finished or like kind of in the background a little bit more and, and they're, they're thinking about them for street fighter 5 maybe they just hold them for street fighter 6 right because at that point it makes more sense um but i'm not a privy to the business des- decisions made at that level uh, I don't know how much financial sense that it all makes or not. Like, you know, how much do you get for a DLC versus, you know, this or that. Um, but I do know that characters are a lot of work and money that goes into making them. So there, there's definitely, I think, a little bit of a, a dilemma there for the developers to think about, like, kind of, like, how to incorporate the characters, like, where they're at, or, like, save them,
0: basically. So mm. I have a question. Probably belongs earlier in the podcast, but I just thought of it now, so gonna have to deal with it okay (laughs) Uh, now I joined the event hubs team and I believe it was October of 2014 shortly before we found out uh, about Street Fighter 5 and that was a huge thing I remember waking up that morning and uh, that breaking and it being just like this wow to me it was brand new and I personally had not been thinking about 5 at all and that was I was at a different point in my relationship with the FGC and the way I looked at things. Obviously, now working with this you know news outlet for as long as I have, we're constantly entertaining these things and asking these kind of questions. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you because we've never I've never posed this. This is the first time you know we never talked about this around the the water cooler or anything like that. How much talk, if any, was there of a Street Fighter Five or the potential of Street Fighter Five? before it came out like in the maybe like the year the last year of of street fighter 4 after ultra was released like how much were you guys talking about it at the time as event hubs like it's, even just internally
1: it, and that's a, that's a great question I, I can say that we've really evolved one as a website and two as a fighting game community to really look into this stuff and kind of analyze mm-hmm. it that was not happening before it was like well here's a couple combo videos you know and here's like how to play rufus and here's how to do this and whatnot we've really um, grown quite a bit um over the years Uh, But to more directly answer your question now in that context, not a ton. Like, there was not a ton of discussion about it like we are talking about Street Fighter VI. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, and then I can appreciate that Event Hubs itself has evolved and and our direction of what we kind of want to look at and how far into the future we're looking versus, you know, the now of combo videos, if you will. That has certainly changed quite a bit. So that's something to take into account with this. But this also might speak a little bit to how much the community feels like they need something else. Yes. You know, yeah. So.
1: It, it, it's, and it's funny. I, I, I thought that was where you were going and I'm like, yeah, damn, he nailed that one. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, I, yeah, I really wish that people would embrace street fighter five more for what it is. And like to actually see the depth and the wonderful stuff that's there. But it, it's like, look, it's, you consumers like you're paying 60 bucks for this and then all the dlc and all the time invested and all that kind of stuff you can't make people appreciate what it is right like that is the developer's job to to make that happen from the get-go and that did not happen with street fighter five and it's you know while we're talking about all these timelines about street fighter six like yes we're excited about street fighter six to come we want the game we want it great we don't want it rushed we've been through there oh, no. we've, <laughs> we've done that and 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 it's like yeah like it's it, so there's All these kind of like, you know, crazy factors at play and you just, you have to look at them and you just do the best you can. Like you do make smart choices, make good choices. There you go. And and roll from that. So. But moving on here, uh, Google Stadia, they have announced some stuff called, uh, negative, uh, negative button press, negative latency leg or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh my God. Uh, predictive button presses, all that kind of stuff. I know you've been following the story. I am really curious what your thoughts are here on the streaming platform being better than freaking offline play.
0: Yeah. The, and I like that you said in there to add a little emphasis and give us a little bit of attitude as to how we're approaching this. The, uh, uh, Google Stadia is making some pretty big claims about what the online experience is going to be. And frankly, I have an open mind, maybe, but when it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And they're saying things like, ultimately, we think in a year or two, we'll have games that are running faster and feel more responsive in the cloud than they do locally. Uh, regardless of how powerful the local machine is i would love to believe that but oh my gosh are you kidding me like with where things are at now i'm looking to the next generation of like you know the next tech generation the next update to like the the basic average sort of internet connection here in the West and, and what the next consoles are capable of and what the next street fighter and all that stuff. And I'm looking like, Oh man, it's going to be a pretty good jump and we're almost there. Like there are some things that the net code could be fixed up a good bit. And I think it will be, and it's going to not be perfect, but you know, we've made a lot of progress from where we were 10 years ago and and we're about to make the next jump. and, And I'm excited for that, but I'm not thinking anything along the lines of, they're going to run faster on the cloud than they are locally. Now, I hope that we look back and someone goes, oh, remember when Velociraptor was all doubting and they just he was all <laughs> conservative about it and they couldn't even imagine what, you know, man's not supposed to go more than 25 miles per hour. That new horseless buggy thing, that's just crazy stuff, right? I'm hoping that this is a reality. But, oh, man, this feels like way, well, way big overshoot. Yeah. Um, and and it's sounding like in your reactions here to this this quote and such that you're feeling about the same. And you know more about this kind of tech and, and stuff than I do. Yeah, I mean, this is cutting edge tech is what they're doing. So I'm I'm definitely gonna
1: you know flat out say I'm very ignorant in terms of how they're they're trying to accomplish all this stuff. I mean, it's cutting edge, brand new technology that I don't think anyone else has ever done. If there's a company you could pull it off, it's definitely Google. But uh, I wouldn't wish our commenters on anyone. But <laughs> I really do wish when when this engineer at Google said like this statement, like one of our commenters just like jumped into the room and said, "Have you played Street Fighter Five online? Have yes, you done this? Yes. You know, kind of thing." And it's like, yeah, that's a pretty like like how the hell are you gonna pull this up? And, and the whole internet's kind of laughing at Google right now for the statement. Yeah, and, and that is also the history of electronics and technology. Sometimes people come around and make these huge statements and actually back them up. Usually, when this goes down like this way everyone laughs at these companies and they go oh yeah that was really dumb to say and we wish we could I take that back yeah. so yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so specifically a lot of us in the fighting game community feel latency and online lag I would argue more so than in other genres and that's been discussed a bajillion times we need precision for what we're doing here and we really feel it when there isn't precision when that precision's lacking now they're talking about predictive button presses and negative latency. What the hell is that? We were just speaking about it on Best of five yesterday, and it kept the conversation kept going to the game's going to do it for you and hashtag Skynet. And I don't think that's what they're saying here. But I would I like to think
1: it's exactly what they're saying. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I I can explain what what the concept I've heard is anyway, and that is um sure. basically, AI is going to be watching. Uh, artificial intelligence is going to be watching how players play the game and what they do. And you're going to go into that same area. And like the, you know, the way that 200 other people have rounded that corner and grabbed the treasure box or whatever, like it's going to see that you're intending on doing that and go ahead and be responsive for you. Essentially. That is like auto aim. Pretty much. It's playing the game for you. That's pretty much what is going to happen. And it's like in that, but under the guise of, Oh, it's hiding the latency, you know, and all that. and, it sounds atrocious and horrible, but also if you grew up in the area era, I should say playing games that that you know we did and you hear people that can't even you know make their way through Mario 1 one, the first level of Super Mario Brothers and NES, it's like it's too much for gamers this you know in this era. you go, well, yeah, uh, a a lot of the games have kind of devolved from that point at least. You can compare them to like, well, it's it's kind of like a um uh, do you want to get to the next scene? Hit the button yes or no.
0: <laughs> and yeah, that's and, so, Wait, now you're saying that there's been a count there've there, there been people that are in this current generation that can't beat Mario 1 one Oh and that's it like was yeah it
1: was a story of like all over the place like a lot of gamers like in this era could not make it through the first level of Super Mario Brothers
0: because that they, sounds like fake news. no oh my god
1: legitimately gosh. like uh, again there's there's plenty of hardcore gamers but there's plenty of other gamers who play you know the walking simulators and all that kind of stuff who just <laughs> can't freaking get through anything and it's like you get so many tries and so many opportunities where games were so much more brutal back in the day uh, you just went through this with with Castlevania uh, NES hard is a phrase for a reason, right? It's Things
0: have really what changed. The, so how are we complaining about fighting games being dumbed down and, and <laughs> the single inputs here when we've got people over here just playing, do you want to push the button and see the colors and then go to the next place where you see the colors and then you win and then we give you fireworks and we say good, nice things and there's a fanfare tone and you give us all your money. Uh, and that's it. I mean, so if,
1: if games have already devolved from how much they were to what they are now – and this is just the next step, is that going to be a problem? And I look at that and go, well, if it's done right, it's probably not going to be an issue. Most people probably aren't even going to care about it. We care about it. That's like, intrinsically in our DNA, you are freaking like assaulting us like on a level that we are just uh, like we're freaking out about it because we're competitive we appreciate the skill it takes to freaking hit that button right like and not have the computer do it for you unless you're playing street fighter 4 then we think it's okay
0: (laughs) but anyway
1: (laughs) shots uh, fired
0: appropriately (laughs) i
1: will i will hold that (laughs) um but yeah it's a it's it's a lot of engineer mumbo jumbo Uh, And we'll see what they're able to deliver on. But it is Google. I think they can deliver on some of that, where maybe in some cases it performs pretty well well compared to like an offline experience. Like I think they can get to a good point, an acceptable point.
0: My understanding, or basically the way I've processed this so that it's not what we just described, because that's goofy to me and there's no. uh, But what my understanding is, is that it does recognize your tendencies and um, it, like something to the effect of, uh, we'll put it in the example of Street Fighter V. Say I'm playing Street Fighter V, and a lot of times uh, I'll press roundhouse after uh, after tech, right? After both characters tech, and I'll press roundhouse there. So the game kind of knows that. Um, so say that situation happens, but then a lag spike rolls around, and then there's gonna be that like that hesitation there. And there's the potential for my button to get my my uh, my button input to get eaten because of the lag. So what this would potentially do is recognize that the next situation, there's a good chance that the next thing that happens on the screen is uh, the John does standing roundhouse. And so it kind of has that buffered in. It's not that it actually does it for you. But if you press standing roundhouse, because it's already buffered or, or, or ready to go with that outcome, that when the lag hits, it's not as affected by it because it's already done everything that it needs to do. And then it goes, are you sure? Yep. Okay, go. Boom. Boom. Uh, as opposed to it has to look and see, oh, he pressed roundhouse. Okay, so then what do we do? We, we make the roundhouse happen. It's like, nope, we're ready to make it happen. All you have to do is press the button and it's already, all the other work has been done from like the other side. That's kind of how I see it. Does that even make sense? Um,
1: I mean, if Google has some technology that can do that, that's great. I don't know how you do that because you're you're basically, you're sending an input like one way or the other, you, you have to send that input or not, right? Um, right. You, you can... You can buffer that. Like there are there are techniques to kind of buffer it a little bit, but the concept you're talking about, as far as I know, does not exist, uh, and and there's no way to do it. So again, I'm not going to question Google because they do everything apparently, and you know, and mm-hmm. if it doesn't work for them, they just kill it a year or two later because why not? Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, maybe sure, um, but like not
0: not based on what I've heard
1: of how this stuff works. So
0: fair enough, fair enough. Well, I would hope it's more that than auto aim. On crack, but <laughs> pretty we'll much see.
1: Is on. I'm on crack. That's how I'm seeing it, man. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm imagining in my head that Capcom's like, we've got Street Fighter Six, and it has predictive button presses in it, so to reduce latency, people would lose their minds. This would be like the, the war, Like Street Fighter Five would be nothing compared to that. Like it, they would just, oh my gosh, it would be going crazy, and, and that's like what's going on in my insides, and in my head, and all that kind of stuff. Like right now, I'm like. Ugh. Google, what are you doing? But it's Google, so I
0: can't completely write them off. I can't completely see their bat crap, you know, crazy. They're like can you imagine yeah. if Google was like, hey, I think you're gonna wake up DP and then it does it for you and that doesn't <laughs> pan out. And yes, and yes. here's the thing though, people would love that because <laughs> we say that all the time. I didn't do that, or you heard me press the button and it just didn't come out. Well, now you could absolutely blame Google yes. well, the game <laughs> for it. It's a huge <laughs> excuse option select yes. smart smart Google yeah. I see you
1: <laughs> right, so moving along here oh we've got sexy bunny costumes in Dead or Alive 6 oh. so John <laughs> I, if this is yours dude I, I'm really curious where you're going with this one So
0: well uh, I also just didn't have enough to talk about so I wanted to bring up sexy bunny costumes mm-hmm. uh, and, and such but then we got this League of Legends thing so uh, but what I was uh, planning on saying about the sexy bunny costumes is that if you recall, just about over a year ago, DOA 6 was coming out, and they and Team Ninja and the developers were playing the card that it's going to be less sexy, and that got it so much publicity. And then Core Values happened, and that got it so much publicity, and... I haven't been following closely DOA, but I can look back over the history of it and see what actually happened. And what I'm hearing, and you probably can chime in on this because you've been closer to it than I have, just you know, being on Event Hubs for as as, as long as you have and such. And and uh, it seems like they play both sides of the fence. Uh, this this weird morality thing that they've got going on uh and and they come out and say okay this is the time where it's going to be more legit and it's not going to be about the sex and then but then the like the first patch or the first update or dlc it's like oh and then here's all the sex or or whatever or just like a few development showings later it's like oh and then there's a bunch of sex in it and stuff and this feels like it's that like all the all the girls i think save for like two of them Mai was one of them i think i don't know got these basically playboy bunny-esque costumes with the ears and everything and it's like the, these costumes it's just scream sex at you after all the core values talk and i wanted to point the finger at team ninja not really in a negative way like everyone can see that it is what it is and they've clearly like we're gonna be a pretty pc about it and then a little bit later here, you know here's the core values version of it and i'm like you guys are doing this amazingly well like you're 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 playing with the community in such an efficient way where you're basically having your cake and eating it too and it's amazing yep. cake in yeah you know. <laughs> so i just wanted to shout out team ninja for being awesome at being hypocrites or whatever I don't know pretty much
1: yeah it's yeah there'd be a little anyone who doesn't like you know question them now on their uh you know their efforts to de-sex their games or whatever you want to call it it's just not doing their homework you know so the next time they go to say oh you know dead or alive seven definitely not gonna have all the sex and crazy stuff in there and people don't immediately say (laughs) okay well how about when you said that about dead or alive five and six like because it's you know you've done this before
0: right Uh, yeah i'm excited to see how they do it i just like are they gonna keep doing the same trick over and over again and like almost be laughing internally yep. like you guys this is not gonna work i'm like yeah well let's just do it let's see it's like dude it worked again can you believe it y'all oh, it did we can't do we there's no way we can pull it off again well let's try it one more time and then like cut to twenty twenty nine, and they're doing it with doa 17 or whatever and yeah eventually uh, it's gonna so, catch up to them
1: but i mean they're 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 giant trolls over there i mean look what they did on the, the evo japan stage you know and i mean <laughs> that was intense and uh kind of shocking you know but i mean more ups more props to them because it seems to be working and it's getting them a lot of attention uh you know if it works keep doing it uh people like money and that gets them money so
0: there you go shout outs to team ninja for for exposing everyone yep. shout outs <laughs> to money too and China, yeah, shout out
1: some money like china if you want to hook us up like we're we are not above oh, that no. right yeah you know, we're, we're we're good so i'm just kidding but anyway um but yeah it's it's interesting times and it's it's uh we've been talking a lot about this behind the scenes actually just to, to close this out and uh i've been l- uh, linking up acdc money talks right mm-hmm. great song from back in the day uh written and it's just like human nature does not change that much. It's like you can usually follow the paper trail back to, to pretty much anything and it's usually gonna lead back to money. And, and it's pretty simple. And a lot of explanations really go with that. And if you look at things in that, guys, like it's it's not too hard to understand why people do what they do, right? That's, that's an easy way to see it. And you can see uh, where their core values are at at that point in time. Um, and I look at companies Um, You know, and it's it's a little hit or miss, but um, generally that have a little bit more ethics and other stuff with them and say like they're trying. They may not be doing a great job of it, but at least they're trying to do some of the right things. Right. And they're messing up along the way. um, But we can work with that, you know, and we can go there. So um, I think it's up to everyone to kind of do their own research and, you know, feel however they want to feel about X, Y, Z companies and stuff out there. But there is a paper trail. Um, it's usually not too hard to understand, like where it leads to uh, what I just mentioned. Um, but you can find some you
0: can find some good and healthy information by doing that. So, so there it is. this has been uh, a strange atmosphered podcast. We've talked about Street Fighter Five weird timelines and the potential for six and that stuff. And we've talked about Skynet coming in and and, given us predictive button presses and auto aim that we don't want but is also kind of funny and ridiculous we've talked about team ninja being ultimate trolls and and doing it right in our faces more than once and it's like a shame on us kind of scenario at this point point. Uh, and we talked about china <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what universe we're living in right now this is strange times uh I, i'm not sure how to feel about it all yeah uh, I mean, I know how LeBron James feels about it, but. Uh, oh, no.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to end yeah, this podcast. Yeah, we better get out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, actually, that's going to wrap us up for the Event Hubs podcast. <laughs> Once again, thank you for putting up with, with us, Knuckleheads. Uh, that's really what, what we are at the end of the day. Uh, we really enjoy and love fighting games. A lot of the other stuff we're. Feeling our way about it and all that kind of stuff. But we do appreciate you guys going through this ride with us and trying to figure it out with us and, and having fun hopefully along the way. Um, and once again, y'all, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with you soon. Thanks, guys.